You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 872 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on Thanksgiving night into Friday, and thank you as always for joining us on the podcast. I am the managing editor of PeachtreeHoops.com, as well as a staff writer at Dime on Uproxx, covering the NBA, college basketball, and the NBA draft. If you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast. If you're returning, thank you so much for joining us once again, and please subscribe to the show if you've not done that already. On today's podcast, we'll be talking about the latest news with the Hawks, including the contract details that have emerged in recent days, as well as extensive audio from Hawks President of Basketball operations Travis Schlenk, who addressed the media on Zoom on Wednesday afternoon to talk about all the moves the Hawks made in free agency. Um, join us for that, this, this podcast as well as much, much more to come next week, including a couple of interesting interviews I've already recorded, and uh, hopefully this will sort of bridge you over through the holiday weekend, and everybody, uh, I really hope that everybody had a great Thanksgiving, etc. So uh, before we get to all of that, though, I want to tell you about our sponsors on today's podcast, and if you are a regular listener to the podcast, you will undoubtedly know that I love Built Bar, and Built Bar is fantastic for everybody trying to be health conscious, as well as people that really just enjoy great flavor. And uh, fortunately, Built Bar is both of those things, and I really, really love Built Bar. I've been talking about Built Bar for a long time on this podcast, and honestly, it's because I really, really enjoy the product. It's great for those of us on the go all the time. I rarely have time to make food or pick up food and all this stuff, and Built Bar is great. It just grab and go and always fills in the cravings, as well as providing that nutritional value that's so, so important when you want to be uh, making sure that you're trying to lose weight or at least maintain weight, during, uh, especially during holiday seasons. And in fact, holiday season is now approaching, and if you're dreaming of a white Christmas this time around, Built Bar, beginning on Thanksgiving Day at 5 p.m., has a Black Friday deal for all of our listeners, and they're introducing a new product with white chocolate bars. There are two flavors of those, white chocolate cookies and cream, as well as white chocolate salted caramel. Both have 130 calories, which is very, very nice, as well as 17 grams of protein. And if you order, you get two free Candy Kang brownie bars with every single item purchased, and those are also healthy and delicious. For all of this stuff, 25% off all products all weekend long. Go to BuiltBar.com. Again, 25% off for Black Friday deals with the promo code LOCKED+. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code to get an extra percent off. So, check it all out at promo code LOCKED, BuiltBar.com. For all of their products and all of these new products, check it all out at BuiltBar.com. All right, before we get to Travis Schlenk and all of the audio that will take up most of this podcast today as we get uh, sort, of a sh- sort of a shorter show, being that it's a holiday as I record this, but I want to get it out to you guys before the weekend. There was some news to hit on. Uh, first, it was reported by Chris Kircher of The Athletic um, over the last day or so that Danilo Gallinari's structure of his contract is actually more favorable to Atlanta than previously thought. Kircher reported that it is only partially guaranteed for year three of that contract. It was reported at three years, $61.5 million. But... Year three of that deal is only for $5 million guaranteed, which, you know, you're hoping if the Hawks, as a Hawks fan, maybe that it works out great, all that stuff. But um, I will just say that flexibility-wise, in terms of grading the contract and the value and all that, this definitely helps Atlanta in terms of structure. So um, Keith Smith then reported the firm exact figures and dates for all this stuff. And shouts to Keith. Um, it's basically, our salary for this coming season is $19.5 million. For the following season, 21-22, it's $20.475 million. And year three in 22-23 is $21 million, 
and four twenty one point four five million dollars. We should say so that final season is again only only guaranteed for five million dollars, and it becomes fully guaranteed according to Keith Smith if it's not waived on or before June 29th. 2022. So that's obviously a long time from now, but that's a pretty early date. So the Hawks are going to have to decide on Gallinari's option if he's still on the roster, of course, at that point in time before free agency begins in 2022. But again, this is a very, very good thing for Atlanta. It provides some risk mitigation. They can move on if they want to do that. If Gallinari has been injured or whatever, if they don't feel like paying him that much money, they can certainly get off that contract. Also, I'm not expecting that necessarily, but they could also trade him before then, and this makes it a little bit easier to do so, especially if he's not performing at the highest possible level, is that if you can sell a team on this it's kind of like the Dwayne Denman contract in some ways, obviously Gallinari is a better player and there's a little bit more guaranteed money here, but um, you're not necessarily treating that as if it's a full guaranteed contract and given that it's $21.45 million that last season having only $5 million guaranteed saves the Hawks or another team you know more than $16 million if they want to move on from that so it's a small thing in some ways but it's also significant and again it makes this contract look, look better for Atlanta which is obviously a good thing if you are a Hawks fan uh, elsewhere it was reported that Solomon Hill's contract is non-guaranteed it was also reported by Chris Kirschner I don't have uh, actually more details on that just yet, but it's going to be for the minimum almost certainly, and the non-guaranteed portion is uh, interesting for flexibility reasons. Hill is, of course, probably the Hawks' you know, 15th man, 14th man right now, so the impact of that is not necessarily huge, but basically the Hawks have two guys that are under contract for very small numbers, Brandon Goodwin and Solomon Hill, so if they want to get creative and need roster space, etc., those are the guys who would be the first on the chopping block probably just for ease and clarity's sake. And then the Hawks also announced... On Wednesday morning in the wee hours after I recorded the Bogdanovich signing, which was not a surprise, obviously, but he'll be wearing number 13 with the Hawks and everything else that we already knew. But as a reminder, it's a deal for four years, $72 million with a fourth year player option, a 15% trade kicker in that release. Travis Schlenk uh, talked about Bogdanovich having a great feel for the game and expecting to be a great fit as a sort of using his high-level offensive skill set as well as experience and toughness. That's that's the quote there from Travis. And also he said that it's no secret in free agency that um, they were trying to add shooting and quality depth and they feel like those are now areas of strength with Bogdanovich. So yeah, just nothing surprising there, but that's now official. It was announced as a bit of housekeeping. The only deal that's not been announced for Atlanta so far is Chris Dunn, which uh, as you'll probably hear in an answer later on from Travis Schleich on this podcast is going to be coming on Friday, at least according to him. So no no worries there. That'll be for the room mid-level. It almost has to be at this point. In fact, it absolutely has to be at this point in time. So we know what those figures are going to be, player option, all that stuff. But the roster, we'll, we'll get into a little bit later. But um, basically, the roster's set at this point in time. Once they want to change something up, we can talk about that in, in, later on the podcast. But as a brief uh, sort of disclaimer here, the, ro- the roster appears to be full. And then we'll hear more from that on Travis Schlenk momentarily. But we can now transition to audio from Travis Schlenk. I'll, I'll sort of bring this to you in, in uh, chronological order, the way it was discussed, just for clarity purposes, if anybody hears this audio in, in a different form. But uh, I have several clips to play for you, and I think people always sort of enjoy hearing directly from Travis. You can sort of hear the way he says things, not just quotes and written down. So that's, there's some value to that sometimes. Um, and the first, and by the way, I'm not going to play the entire thing for you. That's very, very long. So I, I spliced out uh, a bunch of clips, but certainly not the entire thing. So the first thing he was asked that I wanted to share with you is uh, he was sort of asked how rewarding it is to take the step forward now and start emerging from the rebuild. So here's what he had to say about that proxy. Well, I mean, we, we all know, and I try to be up front and honest with the fans and you guys of the process we decided to go down. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard on everybody, you know, it's hard on the players, it's hard on the staff, it's hard on the fans. But I think as long as you're honest and upfront with everybody 
and they know what the, the big picture is, you know, they'll, they'll accept it. Um, and, you know, we were obviously real fortunate um, in the draft. We got lucky, you know, in the mid first round a few times with John and Kevin Herter. Uh, and we feel like we're able to, you know, do well when we were able to pick in the top 10. Um, so that, that's a, that's a big piece of it. Um, when you make, go down this path, you, you, you have to hopefully make good decisions, you know, with your draft picks. Um, and we feel like we've been able to do that. You know, the, what makes this tricky um, is, you know, the draft is not an exact science and, and you can make mistakes up there because you're, you know, picking 18, 19, 20 year old men trying to project what they're going to do in this league. So, um, you know, if you, if you make one of those mistakes, only have one pick and stumble, it, it can take you all of a sudden now you're two years instead of what should be one year. So it's a, it's, it's a long process for sure. Um, you know, we feel good about the draft process that we went through and that's why we turned to free agency and trying to bolster our team with veterans to, you know, help our young guys continue and, and grow. So nothing hugely surprising there. Travis obviously knows the perception and the reality, quite frankly, that they've not been trying to win uh, at, at the highest levels so far, and they've been sort of pivoting to this long-term side of things every step of the way. But now they're obviously turning the corner a little bit, and uh, hearing him sort of say that out loud is uh, interesting, of course. Um, the next clip I want to play for you is uh, a question that he was answering about whether he thinks that there is enough now with the, with the additions to the roster to facilitate a defensive jump, because obviously there's been so much attention paid to how bad the defense was a year ago and even the last couple of years, frankly. So here's what he had to say about the defensive jump that is possible for the Hawks this year. Well, you know, we talked about Big O um, the other day after our draft call. You know, that's his calling card. And as you've heard me say before, you know, the base of your defense is your front line, right, your center position. Um, you know, we obviously traded for Clint last year, who's a good rim protector, good rebounder, adding Big O, who has the same strengths as a good rim protector, good rebounder. Um you know, once he's healthy um, and back out there, and even Bruno, um, who we saw play last year, who is one of our better rim protectors, uh, just as a big body, active body in the lane. Um, that, that's the foundation of your defense right there. Um, and then as you look at, you know, some of the guys we added in free agency, um, you know, Tony Snell has a reputation of being a, a good wing defender. Um, Solomon Hill, the reputation of being a good wing defender. I guess he's not technically signed yet. He's taking his physical right now, but later on this afternoon, we'll get that finalized. And then uh, Rondo, obviously a good uh, perimeter defender. And then, you know, probably the best defender of the group of guys we signed is Chris Dunn, who, you know, is one of the best perimeter def defenders in the whole league. Um, I guess Technically, we haven't signed him either, so scratch that. Uh, when we when we do sign him, he'll be the best perimeter defender we sign uh, on Friday. So, um, you know, it was certainly one of the things that we wanted to try to address was our defense, and and we think there'll be growth in our young guys too. Um, you know, we think Cam and DeAndre in particular have the potential to become really solid defensive players in this league. You know, it's just it's a big transition going from college to the NBA and learning the nuances of the game and learning the league. So, you know, we feel like some of our young guys have the potential. And then obviously we feel like we added some quality defenders as well.
So the big takeaway there is the Big O nickname that uh, Travis has now bestowed on Onyeka Kongwu. I guess it's pretty easy to say that out loud. Um, I will say Big O is an Oscar Robertson reference for a lot of people, so that may not go over terribly well, but alas, it does make some sense. Regardless, though, defensively, the Hawks do have better personnel than they had previously. You certainly have to question or at least think about out loud some of the lineups that they could use. They're not going to be great defensively, but anytime you add Capella, you add a Kongwu, and then you present, I mean, even a guy like Bud Diamond, which is probably better than what they had on the wing defensively. And then you also bring in just the internal improvement of guys guys like Reddish and Hunter. Um, I think defensively, they're going to be better this year, almost certainly. And just the Capella addition alone is going to be huge for them defensively. They still have some lineups that could be tricky on the defensive end of the floor, but no question about it. The baseline is going to be higher. You can sort of hear that there from Travis. Um, transitioning a little bit now, the next thing he was asked about, um, kind of candidly, was that um, basically he was asked if he was done making deals. And from there, in the same question, he was asked if there's any chance of other moves on the roster before next season. Well, right now, um, our roster, well, come Friday when we sign our last player, th- those will be the 17 guys we bring to camp. Uh, we don't have any plans to make any changes. Um, the guys that have all been rewarded to be with us during training camp, that's who we're starting the year with. Um, you know, as the season goes on, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, one of the things I really like about uh, where we are is, you know, with the veteran guys we have, with the, the young guys we have, you know, we have a lot of guys on our roster that, that other teams value. So, you know, we always try to keep ourselves in a position. If there is a, you know, a, a star player that comes available, we, we're, we're in position to try to go acquire those. And we're in a nice, a nice situation there because we do have a lot of young talent that people um, value. Uh, and now we have good veterans that we could use to match salaries. So, you know, we're, we're going to continue to look to be aggressive as we build this team out. But uh, we're, we're certainly not looking to do that. But if those opportunities come forward, we're, we're going we're gonna to try to be aggressive there. But we're, we're real comfortable with the group of guys we have. And we're excited to see this group uh, start the season here next week. It's important to note what he said there. And that is, uh, you know, as clear as he could possibly be. I am, uh, I would say, obliged to remind everyone that him saying this on the record does not mean that they're not going to do anything else. Um, I think that that probably is going to be their plan, and by far the most likely outcome, as I said before, is that the roster is pretty much set at this point. They have a full roster of guys that can certainly go into next season. I've been on record as saying that that's definitely in the cards, although, you know, obviously there's some national folks that are talking about trades and all that stuff. They could certainly make a trade as well, and that should not stun anyone if they do that. But Travis is always going to say that on the record right now. He's not going to come out and talk about the fact that some of these guys are available potentially in trades, all that stuff. So keep that in mind. You can't just believe everything that's being said there. But I do think that, again, sort of what he said there, the most likely thing is that they roll with this roster. Just keep all of that in mind as you're sort of navigating the next uh, week or so before training camp begins. Before we get to the rest of the audio from Travis Schlank, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. All right, and more audio now from Travis Schlank, the president of basketball operations for the Hawks. And the next question I want to play for you, he was asked about the Rajon Rondo investment and the pairing there with Trey Young. Well, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, one of the things when we were doing our research going into free agency about uh, Rondo was just how he's essentially like another coach in the locker room for the young guys. Um, you know, he, he watches film. He sits in on coaches meetings. He, you know, just really takes the part of mentor um, to heart. Um, so, you know, to have, you know, if not the best, you know, the second best game manager in the NBA, he and Chris Paul to, for Trey to be able to learn from and him to be able to pass all that wisdom on to Trey. We, we just feel like that's unbelievably valuable for Trey and all the rest of our young guys. 
no surprise there to hear about the mentorship aspect with Rondo. As I said, when they sign him and even after that, um, the rep around the league that I have been in, sort of been hearing consistently is that Rondo is beloved by, by young guys. And obviously, I, I don't think Trey needs a ton of mentorship through that lens. But I think that having a guy like Rondo, who's been a star-level star player before, a veteran, old head kind of guy, is huge for him. And as Travis even alluded to, to there, it's not just Trey. Obviously, the other young guys could hear from that voice as well. And also on the court, being able to just sort of be at that secondary ball handler, I, I would say primary ball handler when, when, Trey, when Trey leaves the floor. So all that stuff sort of comes into one with Rondo. Um, the next one I want to play for you kind of had a long and winding road for the question that was asked. The original question was not a question at all, frankly. It was someone saying, essentially, quote, talk about Collins and Gallinari, end quote, with very little else. So that's kind of a line for more wiggle room. Travis did not love that um, question framing. So that was kind of funny. But um, anyway, Travis gave a very non-answer about that question, which I will now play for you. Uh, yeah, listen, one of the goals we set up this year was to go and have a deep team uh, with a lot of good players. Um, so, you know, I think when you look across the board, uh, really at all our positions, the hope is that we have good players that start and good players coming off the bench. Okay, now, now that you've heard that from Travis, what he said to the media, um, we'll pivot back to something that I referenced on the previous podcast about a member Zoom call that Travis discussed things with earlier this week. That full video is not available, so I actually got to hear it in full. It's not my audio, so I can't really share it with you on the podcast, but it's definitely available um, that can be found and heard. Um, and the big notable quote about that became sort of the front page news, at least from Hawks fans who were diehards following this up very closely in the last day or so. So I'm going to read you what Travis said right now. And I quote, when we had our conversations with Danilo and his reps, we made it clear to him that the role that he was signing up for was to come in and be a backup behind John. You know, he made the decision. Eyes wide open. We try to be transparent with all of our guys. He knew what he was signing up for, and that's where I anticipate it's starting, end quote. So, on the same call, by the way, he talked about those guys playing together. I think context is also very key here, but at the same time, I am personally encouraged by that quote from Travis. Um, I definitely don't think you, you, that you should make incredible amount of it, just because Travis is not the coach. Cape hasn't even started all that stuff, but... As I've said before, Gallinari is really not a three, and they shouldn't act like he is. So this is encouraging through that lens and that they're not going to just try to pigeonhole him in to be the full-time three next to John Collins. That's a good idea. I, again, my guard is up on anything publicly stated before training camp. And Travis talked a lot during this Zoom about uncertainty and how things will take time to shake out and rotations and all that stuff. My takeaway, though, would be at least that they, 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 they don't necessarily see Gallinari as the locked-in starter at the three. That's a good thing for sure because, again, the, the Hawks are going to need some defense on that spot. I think when you're playing Young, Bogdanovich, and Collins together, you're going to want someone like Reddish or Hunter in that spot who's a much better defender, doesn't, doesn't need the ball, etc. Um, Gallinari is better than those guys for sure, but I think it's just, optimally speaking, it's hard for me to see full-time deployment of Gallinari, Collins, and Capella playing together. So that's actually a relief in my view. Um, I have said, and used my common sense before, that I thought it was more likely that Gallinari would start without any, without any intel. This is obviously some intel, so I'm happy to be wrong on that for sure. And again, I think it's still possible that they do some fake thing where they start Gallinari at the three sometimes and then sort of stagger him and Collins along the way. But if there were no promises made there, if it was definitely conveyed to Gallinari that this is not necessarily going to be happening, and he signed anyway, that is much different than if they signed him with some sort of assurance or some sort of um, push that he could be starting. So if they knew that, if that's all accurate and was conveyed to Gallinari, he's cool with it, that's even better for the Hawks because I think, honestly, optimally, right now with, the, with this roster... Gallinari shouldn't start. Um, he's still one of their top five players, so don't get me wrong. He's one of their top four players in my view. Um, at the same time, 
just he's not better than Collins in my view. I mean, I understand that one offense maybe it's kind of close. At the same time, I just think that trying to play Gallinari, Collins, and Capella as a primary look is not a great idea defensively when you try to play Gallinari at the three. So anyway, you could definitely do that. They probably will at some point. Again, Schleich did say that he sees those guys playing together sometimes. I would add that, he could, that those guys could play the four or the five some if you're trying to, especially if you're losing in the second half, or trying to play offense-only lineups or closing lineups where you're playing smaller, all that stuff. Just don't, don't make too much of it is what I would say. But I would still say this is noteworthy to be sure. It is information that I think is good for the Hawks. So that's now my opinion. You heard what you, you heard what Travis said um, on the record to the media. And uh, again, that member Zoom audio is very available. I know Kevin Chenard tweeted it out. I don't want to share the audio because it's not mine to share, but it's out there if you want to watch it and get that whole context. It's about an hour long, though, so it's a lot of audio. But that was the headline quote, and I wanted to pass it along to you after I referenced it on the last podcast. Okay, more to come here. Um, the next couple things are a little bit quicker. Um, Schleck was asked about Chris Dunn and the investment in the team having three point guards was the way that it was uh, sort of prompted to Travis, and uh, he responded in this way. Well, again, so Chris is a guy, if you think back in Chicago last year, I mean, they they really essentially played him a lot on the wing, um, guarding the other team's best offensive player, whether it was a two or a three. He's that good defensively that he can get up into guys. So, you know, we view him just kind of like as a pit bull out there that, you know, we can just stick on the other team's best score uh, at any position. And obviously, you know, he can run the point offensively. Um, you know, Rajon's getting up there a little bit in age as well. You know, so, you know, he, he's missed a few games here or there. Might need an off uh, night off, especially as we're, you know, playing games closer together, trying to get 72 games into a shorter time span. So he wanted to be able to have the ability to keep him fresh as well. So, you know, having that depth. Uh, and the combination of those three guys, uh, we feel we feel like we're in a pretty good spot there. I have also referenced Dunn as a non-point guard necessarily. I know he can play there. He has played there. He's point guard size. But as you heard from there from Travis, and I totally agree with this, he's more of a off guard in a lot of ways. So that's why the fit was so good in Atlanta, I thought. Not, not exactly so good with Rondo, but I think the notion that he has a, that he's a point guard uh, in capital letters is not one that I would uh, worry about too much on this team. Um, next one that I want to play for you is uh, Travis was asked sort of what it says about the fact um, for the Hawks anyway that these guys chose to come to Atlanta as free agents and kind of what the what, what the pitch was from the Hawks side to these free agents. Well, um, really just the opportunity. Uh, I think most people look at our roster and they see the young talent. Um, and, you know, these, these veteran guys that we brought in, they have a strong belief in their ability, uh, you know, start, starting with Gallinari. You know, he was in Oklahoma City when they weren't supposed to be very good last year, starting their rebuild. But, you know, he and Chris Paul were huge parts of that team and helped the young guys. Uh, just when he was in with the Clippers before that, you know, he's part of the same. So he's used to that environment. Uh, and he enjoys that environment, you know, helping to teach the young guys. And obviously, I don't know him very well yet. But, you know, again, all the research that we've done on him, you're, you're not you know, we couldn't find anybody in the NBA to say anything bad about Gallo. Uh, as far as the type of person he is, the type of person he is in the locker room. Um, so, you know, we were really excited and kind of targeted him and were fortunate enough to get him. Um, you know, Bogey, Bogey is the same way. You know, Bogey wants to be on a team um, that's going to be competitive. You know, obviously he's been in Sacramento the whole time, but, you know, he knows some of the guys on our roster uh, and, you know, was really excited about coming on. Rajon, again, you know, he really relishes that mentor role. And I think, you know, for him, the ability to teach Trey, he 
I think he, he really is looking forward to that. And that's why I said earlier, I think coaching's in that, in his future, because that, that is, that is something that he really enjoys. Um, and then Chris, you know, I think quite candidly, we, we probably got a little lucky with Chris, you know, the first couple of days of free agency went by and, you know, he was looking for a chair and, and we had a chair um, and, you know, he jumped on it, but he, he's certainly excited to be here. So we, we feel like, you know, we feel like we got real fortunate to be able to grab him when we did. Another question that people have been asking me to kind of weigh on is was what the relationship is now with Travis Schlenk and Lloyd Pierce and how much input Pierce has. I can't speak to that, but Travis was asked about it and he gave a pretty interesting answer, I thought. So basically just kind of whether it's just Lloyd's show now that he just turns over the roster to him or all that stuff and how the back and forth works between the two guys. Well, listen, it's certainly a partnership, right? Um, you know, we, we've, we started having free agent meetings amongst my staff all the way back, um, you know, during the pandemic, you know, trying to rank the guys, come up our list, think about our targets. And Coach was on a lot of those calls. Um, you know, as we got closer in November, we really started narrowing it down. You know, he, he was in those meetings and, and we'll give input for sure. Um, and as far as, you know, actual making of the dinner, um, you know, I, their job is to coach the team. I don't try to step on their toes, uh, but, you know, they, they'll ask me questions what I think or if there's something I see that I think might be might be beneficial, I'll certainly pass it along. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Lloyd and his staff, you know, that, that's their job, and um, I, I, I let them do their job. I'm not someone that micromanages people, whether it be the coaches or, or the scouting staff. Keeping on the coaching theme, I wanted to uh, play the audio. There's actually a little, from a little bit later in the uh, availability, but Schleck was asked about the addition of Nate McMillan to the staff, and people have naturally talked about Lloyd and all that stuff through that lens. So I wanted to hear, uh, I want to sort of let you guys hear what Travis said about the hire of McMillan and the circumstances around that. Yeah, no, um, you know, Greg Foster got got the promotion to go to the Pacers. Um, you know, he's the number one assistant there. So first off, you know, very happy for Greg. So when Greg left, we had an opening. Um, and obviously Coach McMillan was let go by the Pacers earlier in the summer. To any time you can bring on a coach, uh, you know, 15 years of experience as a head coach in the NBA to, to help a – you know, help your head coach. That's a big positive. You know, he, he stood there in Lloyd's shoes for 15 years and I believe he's been in the playoffs, like 12 of them. Don't, don't quote me on that, but um, you know, he, he's had a ton of success. Um, you know, those of us that remember him as a player, you know, he was an extremely hard nosed defensive minded basketball player. Uh, and that's what he brings to our coaching staff too. So we're, we're super excited about bringing him in. He's got a ton of knowledge. He's got a ton of experience and he's, you know, well, I don't know if you'll ever get to meet him because I don't think you guys will get close enough to the floor this year, but you know, he, he's a great guy too. All right. And with that, we can go back to uh, some other non-coaching matters. Um, Travis was asked about with all the new depth, basically he was uh, prompted on how he can make sure how, how the team can make sure the young guys continue to develop, which is a question I know a lot of people are asking kind of worried. I would say is the word that I would use with fans anyway, about reddish hunter, herder, et cetera, and how those guys are developing. So here's what Travis had to say about making sure that doesn't uh, sort of get squashed. Well, they've been doing that all summer really. Uh, and they'll continue to do that in practices. Um, but there's, there's going to be opportunities to play in games. As, as I said earlier, you know, this year is going to be more condensed. You know, we'll be playing games more often. Um, you know, we're, we're 
you know, we're hopeful that we don't have two or three players, you know, become infected, but, you know, you never know. We're, we're, in, we're in very uncertain times. So it, everybody's going to, everybody's going to have an opportunity. Um, you know, what we want it to be is very competitive for people to get those opportunities. Um, and I think, uh, as I mentioned last time we spoke, you know, we're, we're now in a position where you're going to have to earn those minutes. You're, they're just not going to be given to you like they have been in the past. So we think that's a positive. And, you know, certainly the hope is it's going to bring the best out of everybody and raise everyone's level. Elsewhere, an audio that I'm not going to play for you guys, he talked about um, moving Trey off the ball a little bit more now with Bogdanovich and how that's a possibility, which is a natural fit, but he was prompted about that and kind of leaned into that a little bit. Uh, talked about how Trey can get easy points off the ball. Nothing surprising there, but uh, worth noting. Also, he talked about the fact that they're trying to give lineup versatility to Lloyd Pierce and give the staff a ton of options, which clearly is going to be the case now. That's been a theme that I've been talking about the entire week plus now for agency is that, yes, there is kind of a logjam in some respects. They have a lot, they have a lot of players. I think if you hear national folks talk about this, I think with some good reason, they are wondering aloud, you know, who's going to be the odd guy or two out because they're usually you don't see rotations that have 11 or 12 full scale rotation players in them. And the Hawks have so many guys. I will add, and at least argue, that this is not a huge downside of that. There will be some guys who play less. That's just kind of the reality here. Um, you might not, I honestly couldn't tell you who they are right now. I know it's not going to be Trey. It's not going to be Clint. It's not going to be Collins or Gallinari um, or Bogdanovich. But I would say at least one or two of the young guys may not play as much as they were before. That's just kind of the reality. There's just a lot of bodies. But for the team standpoint... That's not a bad thing, and uh, keep that in mind as well. So lineup versatility was definitely at the forefront of a lot of the uh, stuff that the Hawks were doing here. I want to play the the next – there's a couple more that I want to play for you, but uh, here's one about Travis being asked if it's going to take a while, frankly, to have it all figured out because of what I've said before about all of the options they have, and uh, that was kind of just posed to him as like, is it going is, is to be a while before this works? And uh, here's what he had to say about that. I think so, and just thinking about the situation too, right? Like most of these guys, you know, a couple of them haven't even signed yet. You know, we'll get them all back here this weekend and we have to test for three days and then we have to do individuals for three days. So we're almost a weekend before we can actually first have our, our group practice. Um, you know, in a typical off season, we'd have everybody signed in July. Guys would start coming in in August. You have all the months of September for open gym for guys to play up and down. So really, we, we really have a almost like a whole new team when you, when you think about it. So I, I do think it's going to take a while. Um, you know, they haven't even announced our preseason game schedule yet. Um, you know, we're either going to play three or four games. We know that much, either two at home and one on the road or vice versa. Um, so, I mean, we don't even have, we don't have our schedule yet. Uh, we hope to have our schedule next week. Um, at least the first half of it. So th there's, there's so many unknowns and it's, you know, hopefully it gels very quickly, but I do think there, there, there certainly could be a little time for it to, to start to gel for sure. See, you may roll your eyes at that. Um, and I think if the Hawks don't start out playing really well, there's going to be a lot of uh, uncertainty, I would say. Maybe a lot of like grumbling about them not performing. And that's just not – it's not fair, but it's just kind of the way things work. Uh, when you have a lot of these pieces, you, put, you, sp you spend a lot of money. If they don't come out of the gates firing – you're going to hear some questions, but Travis is not just spinning there. Maybe there's a little bit of that, but this is a weird offseason. And if you're adding all these pieces with a very short training camp, preseason is going to be very small. Um, like the regular season opener is less than a month away. Uh, that, that's pretty crazy to turn this around. So I would definitely encourage patience. At the same time, you'll definitely start hearing buzz if the Hawks don't play well at the beginning. Uh, people always ask them about, about Lloyd's job security, all that stuff. I don't know. Um, but I will say, you know, they have all this talent now. They're going to have to win. And expectations are pretty, are pretty high. Like, 
that may not be as high as the fans want them to be right now because you, you definitely hear people talking about them as like a top four seed, all that stuff. That's probably a little bit uh, a little bit eager. But if they're not clearly performing like a playoff caliber team early in the season, people are going to start grumbling a little bit. So I wanted to play at least part of that stuff for you to hear you uh, to sort of what Travis was saying about figuring it all out on the fly. Um, this is going to be a short clip, by the way, but uh, he got the obligatory question about John Collins and extension talk. So here's what Travis had to say in full after receiving that question. Yeah, so um, we are, as I, as I said before, you know, we would love to get an extension done with John and we're in the middle of, you know, speaking to his agents. Um, but as I've said, our hope is to, to get something done with him. <laughs> so this might be a little bit of a rant. Um, not really. I would just caution people to this. I tweeted out that quote when it happened. I was on the Zoom live and just sent that out and people got really excited like it was going to happen. Um, there might be an extension done. I've been on the record multiple times. I'll say it again right now. It has never made more financial and salary cap sense to extend Collins than it does right now. His cap hole doesn't matter anymore. In a lot of ways, um, the Hawks are already over the cap or at least to the cap for next summer. All of that stuff, they have incentive to do that financially. With that said, that doesn't mean that A, John is going to take a discount. It doesn't mean that B that they're definitely going to do it right now because they still might want to evaluate this, all this stuff, you know, there's price points, all that. So when you hear that, I will just say, this is going to be the answer Travis is going to give, whether they want to extend him or not. I think that they would like to probably do it if they can find a good price. I don't know. I don't know what that price is. I don't think that Collins agent is probably overly thrilled with the addition of, of Gallinari to the team. I could be wrong about that. That's not source. That's just me guessing that, you know, this is not a team that's going to be all you can eat for John Collins right now in the same way that it was in a lot of ways, you know, stat wise previously, he could still be a, a huge part of it. He's still one of the better players on the team. He'll still start and play a lot of minutes. I'm not saying otherwise, but I think if you just put your logical cap on, it probably isn't fantastic for John to get paid next summer to have all of these guys around him and all the uncertainty and the, all, all that. So extension wise, it makes sense for both parties in a lot of ways. I don't know what the extension demands are. I don't know what the contract negotiation standpoint is, but I'll just say this right now, whether it was close or whether it wasn't close at all, Travis would say the exact same thing that you just heard him say. So I would not take away much from that comment alone. They could do the extension. Again, I've been banging the drum now for the last week that it almost makes more sense now to extend Collins where I, you definitely hear nationally like, oh, trouble for John Collins in Atlanta. I get that too um, because of the addition of Gallinari in particular. But I will just say it does make sense, I think, for both sides to do extension. I would understand it, though, if Collins didn't want to take what he thinks is going to be a discount to stay in Atlanta where he might want to look for the, for the max or whatever next summer. So that's the pivot point. It all comes down to price, which is something I've been saying the entire time about Collins' extension negotiations is that it really comes down to where both sides are on what they think the guy is worth. If you're the team, you want to get a discount or you don't want to get a, give an extension out. That's kind of across the board. Once you're talking about an absolute no-brainer max guy, which John is not quite there, you want to get you want to try to get a team-friendly deal. If you're the player, you want you want the security for sure, but you don't want to be taking a discount this summer if you think you're going to get more than this on the open market next summer. So uh, it could be a standoff. You heard what Travis had to say there. I would just, again, caution you to say, don't take much from that at all because I, Travis has given the same exact answer every time he's been asked about John Collins' attention for a long, long time, and you won't hear a different one, I would imagine, in the future. Okay, last two things I want to play for you. Um, he was asked about the Bogdanovich offer sheet and if they were sort of surprised by the way it went down and kind of just take people behind the scenes of what the uh, Hawks' viewpoint is as they were sort of waiting to have that be matched or not matched. Yeah, you know, you just never know when you get in those situations, right? Um, so 
I don't know if surprise the word, but you know, you're, you're obviously hopeful, <laughs> um, but you, you, you just, you just never know. You know, we felt, we felt good that it was, you know, maybe on the cusp of something they might not do, or we wouldn't have done it. Um, so, you know, we were hopeful that, that there was a chance they wouldn't match. Um, and that's the way it turned, turned out. So, but to say that we had any inside information or anything like that, that would be inaccurate. If you want my full thoughts on the uh, Bogdanovich offer sheet and follow out, the previous podcast have all of those in there. So go back and listen to those. But uh, there you go on that. And the last thing that I want to play for you audio-wise from Travis Schlenk from Wednesday was that he was asked if this was sort of the first offseason of his tenure in which he may have felt an added importance was the way that it was asked of him, was the quote, added importance, end quote, to accelerate the process. So here's what, had, here's what Travis had to say about that prompt. I don't know if I felt like there's an added importance on it. I think that it felt more like about the appropriate time. You know, we did have the most cap space in the league, which is valuable, and you want to take advantage of that. We do have a group of young guys that we feel very confident in, so we wanted to start adding the right pieces to that group so this young group can start to have some success on the floor. Um, and so th there wasn't a ton of money in the market this year as far as competitors with money. So, you know, we knew we had an advantage there uh, if we could be a little more aggressive. So I, it just, I think a lot of things just kind of lined up for us this year, you know, because of our space, uh, because of other teams' lack of space. Um, and, you know, like I've said, we, we feel like we've been real fortunate in the drafts the last three years that, that we have a good group of young guys we think that are ready to start. Uh, taking the next step forward. So there you have it, folks. That's a, a ton of audio from Travis Schlank. If you are a diehard, you probably enjoyed that. If you are not, my apologies. But it's a weekend. It's the holiday weekend. And I wanted to make sure that everybody got to hear that and wanted to hear it. So people were asking you know, for logins and stuff when it was happening. Always kind of funny to uh, examine that. But uh, I really appreciate the enthusiasm as well. As I said on the last podcast, I think it's a good time to be a Hawks fan. It's a pretty exciting time to be a Hawks fan. Um, and that's not going to change. It's going to be pretty rampant here, though. You know, it's going to be very quick, I'll say. Training camps, as you heard Travis refer to multiple times, is going to be in the next week or so, followed quickly by preseason and games in less than a month. So strap in. We'll have plenty more to discuss. But again, broadly speaking, I'm expecting, I think the baseline expectation now should be that this is the team for the Hawks. The roster is full. Both two, both two ways are full. And we'll see what happens from there. Nothing's, nothing could stop them from making a trade, but um, this might be it. So go ahead and evaluate that through that lens. We'll have much more to come in the future. This will be the last podcast for this week, unless there's something crazy over the weekend, because it is a holiday. I'm going to try to take a couple of days off into the weekend. We'll be back again on Monday with much more content. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend or two or three about the show, as well as leaving five-star feedback, ratings, comments, all of that stuff. Uh, please follow me on Twitter if you'd like to at BT Roland. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Hawks. And I hope you all enjoy your holiday weekend. We will see you on Monday.